Coming up on Georgia Bulldogs by the Numbers with Brent Rollins of UGASports.com and Pro Football Focus. And me, hey, it's Tug Cowart. We're previewing the Clemson game. Who's got the better quarterback? By the numbers. Offensive line, defensive line. By the numbers, which team is better off? If you love Georgia Bulldogs football, you have stumbled upon the right podcast. We'll tell you who's going to win this game next on Georgia Bulldogs by the Numbers. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. I've been waiting the entire offseason for this moment when we can get back to Bulldogs by the numbers with my buddy Brent Rollins from UGASports.com, PFF, and the Rivals Network. Buddy, what's been going on with you? Not much. Just ready for football. Ready for playoff, borderline playoff-type football to, to get rolling. No doubt about it. I am so excited, so thrilled, and I know everybody else is too. Every Georgia fan feels the exact same way we do. And uh, we thought we would do this little preview of maybe the biggest game of the entire college football kickoff. Is there one any bigger than this? Not this weekend. And really, really not this season. I don't know the in, in the regular season. You're looking at conference championships and, and other you know, maybe rivalry games, but biggest non-conference game, this, this is it. What are you focusing on when you're writing, when you're talking about the Georgia Bulldogs versus the Clemson Tigers? What's the thing you're focusing on the most? It's the quarterbacks. It's a quarterback game, and and obviously it's the most important position in the sport. And I think this game, because of the talent on both of the teams, you have Clemson basically has its entire defense back. You have a lot of guys that played as freshmen that are now going to maybe even take a further leap as as sophomores. And then when that all that comes to pass, you got hey, in the end, is my quarterback better than the other team's quarterback? Because it's going to come down to a third down play. It's going to come down to a tight window throw, and who makes it? Who makes the play? So by the numbers, because I know that's what you do every day is dig into those numbers. By the numbers, who has the better quarterback? Is it Georgia or is it Clemson? From a numbers perspective and grading, obviously we only got two games worth of DJ Uyungle last year. You know, from a grading perspective, JT Daniels graded better in the four games that he played versus the two that, that DJU played. But the talent part is the is the question. Because when you watch DJU, you see a first overall pick type talent mm-hmm. with arm strength, size, and these sort of NFL measurables that, that are looking for. And JT, you haven't, you don't really see that, but you also have now JT for the first time in his career has consecutive years of having the same offensive coordinator and has been healthy, you know? So when, cause when, when he went to USC, he was a true freshman played right in right away, played all year. Then, you know, has an off season where he changes offensive coordinators, then gets hurt comes back, comes to Georgia, has, you know, COVID hits and he can't rehab. So his rehab got pushed back. He was sort of way behind schedule with that. And then play, finally gets to play the final four games. So you're going to see to me the best of JT that we've ever seen. 
And how good is that? That's that's what we get to find out on Saturday night. I want to be over the top optimistic. Maybe it's because I've been snake bit so many times as as a fan of Georgia sports. I, I'm uneasy about this game. What is your gut feeling on this game? Gut feeling is it comes down to either one a turnover by one of the quarterbacks, or you know somebody creating a turnover, or two an interesting decision in the coaching aspect of it. What it's going to come down to, I think, hey, it's fourth and three on your own forty-six. Are you going for it, playing more of an offensive style of a game, or are you punting and saying, hey, my defense can can do things and. The feel of the game is going to do, you know, kind of depend on that. But I also think that decision might happen in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, I need to take advantage of an opportunity to score. And I'm obviously speaking more so specifically with Kirby Smart than Dabby yeah. Swinney. But is he going to take that chance and be like, hey, look, I know I need to get to 35 in this game or something like that and sure. make that decision early in the second quarter? And immediately, as soon as you said that, I give Dabo the – I'd have more faith in him because, look, Kirby's track record on doing last minute or any sort – you know, you know, putting Justin yeah. Fields in didn't on the, work. On the punt. On yes, the punt, Emma. didn't work. There's a couple of times where that didn't work, so it makes me wonder if Dabo's experience is actually going to put him in a better position if that situation arises. Yeah, because you got – I mean, this is a true playoff caliber game. It, it is. is what it is. I mean, you got two top five teams – quite possibly the biggest regular season game uh, that that Kirby has coached in. So it's going to be every little detail is going to be scrutinized. And that's, what's going to be fascinating. Yeah. I don't, I, and I don't want to sound like that. I'm thinking Georgia doesn't have a chance because I don't think that at all. I do feel like I give the slight edge to Clemson, whether it's due to injuries or experience or whatever it is. I just feel like that Clemson has a slight edge over Georgia in this game. The only thing that I would say there is one player. And if that one player, Justin Ross, that receiver, because the last time he was on a football field, he was the best player on the field in the, in the national, when they beat Alabama in the national championship game. Didn't get to see him a year ago because of the issue he had with his, with his spine. So that guy to me is the one guy. And, that, and I think that's, and I said this uh, on 680 yesterday, in the end, it might just come down to are DJU and Justin Ross better than everybody on the field. And if they are, Clemson's likely going to win the game. Yeah. If they're not, I think Georgia wins because if, or if you find a way to make it hard for them, create a turnover, not let Justin Ross get into that, those jump ball situations that he's likely most of the time going to win. Yeah. If those things happen, then I think Georgia does come out victorious. All right. So let's go through some of the other positions. Um, offensive line. Uh, are there any concerns there? From Georgia's perspective, it's more of just you have experienced players, but maybe not necessarily players experienced in – the spot you see, are we going to see Jamari Sawyer at left tackle? Because from a grading perspective, he's one of the highest graded returning offensive linemen in the SEC. Played all season yet last year at left tackle. Does he go there? Does he, is he actually inside? I think game one, you see him at left tackle. I think they're going to go from an experience factor because one of the things that Clemson does more than just, than just about as much as anyone in the power five is they blitz. And they blitz and they're very effective at it. They get high, they high rate of pressures when they do blitz. Uh, so being able to have as much experience on your offensive line as opposed to putting a first-time starter or young guy, Truss or Broderick Jones, uh, at left tackle, I I think you're going to see Sawyer there. But I do think from an offensive line perspective, if you just compare the two, Georgia's is better. Like, look at what we heard Dad would talk about earlier in the week Mm -hmm. uh, with the centers, and we might rotate centers. Like, that that just doesn't feel right, you know, when when you're looking at the – big game but also Clemson their most you know they've had they're going to have switching in the offensive line 
their best and most experienced offensive lineman is going from right tackle to left tackle. A guy who just played maybe a couple hundred snaps is playing right tackle. So that is one area where I think Georgia massively has an advantage, which their defensive line against Clemson's offensive line. But again, you know, the quarterback and how Clemson runs their offense, it might not necessarily matter as much. But Georgia's defensive or offensive line against Clemson's defensive line might be a wash because Clemson's defensive line is is just that. It's as good as anybody is in the country. That's uh yeah, definitely their their strong suit. There's no doubt about it. Now, if you flip it over to Georgia's defense, you talk about cornerbacks. There's probably a little bit of concern there, huh? There is. There very much is. I mean, obviously you have you had two transfers who you expected to come in and start right away. One of them's not there. Tyke Smith with the foot injury uh in camp and he's not going to be there. So especially in the interesting part is he was going to play the slot, which based upon what David was talking about, Justin Ross is going to be in the slot. So now you've got uh, Latavius Brinney who played well in his you know, stint at the end of the last year and in, in the Peach Bowl, but Justin Ross is a whole different animal. But Keely Ringo playing in the first, really in his first ever college football game because mm-hmm. we didn't get to see him much at all last year. So there's an advantage there for Clemson with the experience at the receiver position versus Georgia's somewhat inexperienced, especially on the edges. But you also have Darion Kendrick coming from Clemson to Georgia that, yep. you know, from a grading perspective, he wasn't there, but it's mainly because he had two really, really bad games in his biggest games in his career. If you take out those games, he's been a highly graded player. So overall, I, I think that's the area to watch more than any is how Georgia covers Clemson because I think they're Clemson. I just don't think they're going to be able to run the ball at all. Unless they involve heavily involved the quarterback in the running game, which if you look at DJU last year in his two starts, he only had, I mean, a lot of it, his running was, his only explosive run was the touchdown on fourth down against Boston College. Outside of that, it was a few yards here, a few yards there, and only scrambled, like, you know, hey, pressure, I'm going to go scramble and try to go get a first down. Only did that twice. So it's not his game. He's not Trevor Lawrence from a speed uh, and or running perspective he's not Deshaun Watson he's a hey I'm in the pocket I'm here to distribute the football and if I'm moving I'm moving so I can throw yeah so yeah without the quarterback in the run game because their backup situations there I just I don't know that Clemson will be running run the ball at all so he might end up throwing it 45 times let's talk about throwing the ball around because Georgia's their offense is supposed to be I'm not going to call it air raid because it's definitely not that but there's going to be an opportunity and it's been preached and talked about we're going to air the ball out more we're not going to just ground and pound do you believe it when I see it yeah that's right (laughs) me too (laughs) unfortunately that's that's the case but it trended there it trended in the right direction it trended into and what is the biggest question? It's it's you have to get to where the passing game becomes explosive and the passing game becomes dominant. Right. We saw in those four games last year with JT Daniels, the percentage of passing plays, the percentage of early down passing plays, those things, and the explosiveness on those early down passing plays, those things went up. It doesn't have to be go go be Florida and throw it seven out of ten times, or go be Mississippi State and right. go throw it nine out of ten times. It doesn't have to be that. But the biggest thing for me is what I want to see is early down. So first and second down, do they attack? Do they attack with play action and hit, try to hit deep shots? Because that's what Ohio State did to Clemson. When we look at, you, know, you think about Clemson and we're talking about Clemson in this light of, you know, a national championship level team. But the last time we saw them on the field, Ohio State absolutely lit them up. They did. Did whatever they wanted to offensively, were physical. They adjusted tempos. You know, they aver- they had in those that game, and then if you combine the Notre Dame game where uh, 
they lost with the DJU played. They gave up 480 yards rushing. 55% of those yards rushing were before contact, i.e. before the back even got touched. So just physically dominated. So if, you know, Georgia gets into that realm where, ooh, we can go get seven, six or seven a clip running the football, you're not necessarily, I don't know that you're going to see that. Because why you know, would you? Passing at that point, yes. And it's just, hey, can we then balance that? And then also with the running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got four running backs that you're going to see in, on the field with Zamir White, Kendall Milton, James Cook, and Kenny McIntosh. Can you be balanced with whoever's on the field? Because last year, that wasn't really the case. Last year, White and Milton on the field, it's 60% run. Cook and McIntosh on the field, it's about 40% run. So the, the, there were tendency things with, with those guys on the field. Those are all things that you've got Monken now with the entire offseason, the spring, right. the quarterback back. You might see it. Just watch the offense and be like, wow, this is something I've That's never seen before. For. It's awesome. It's great. But, you know, believe, we'll believe it when we see yeah, it right. everything else. What about those big tight ends? Because we've talked about them so much. And I want to see those guys get involved in the game a little more. Yeah, and it really it, – it, it was very disappointing for me that to when Darno got hurt uh, and did the foot thing and, and is likely going to be out for the game or not going to play in the game because – he was the one where you just look at him and you're like, that guy's different. He's just a different human than everybody else that's on the field. And, play, you know, and that's one I can't wait to see when he's healthy and out there. But you've got John Fitzpatrick, who, by the way, is still a really big guy and, and can catch the ball. And you've also got Brock Bowers that you've heard a lot about within the camp and, and been told to me, like, elite speed, not just, hey, the guy's a fast guy. Elite level speed at that position so can you use him? You know, we don't get, obviously we're not going to get to see a Reed Gilbert in, in that role, but can you use him? Can you do something with the tight ends? Because what Notre Dame and, and Ohio State did to Clemson last year and Clemson's defense, they use the tight ends exactly right. a lot That's and use them very up. effectively. I guess we'll go back and talk about running backs, just catching some out of the backfield. James Cook, eight yards of touch in his career. And I think with the receipt, with no Pickens, with no Gilbert, with no Darnell, you know, with Kira's kind of come, you know, he's going to be good to go and play. Jermaine Burton's there. Lock. You know, you're going to have, you know, Aaron Smith is going to play, but, you know, he's been dinged up a little bit. So I think you're going to see Cook in that slot in the game more and possibly even see more of two of the guys in there at the same time, whether it's Zamir and James Cook or Kendall Milton and James Cook, but, but two of the backs in at the same time and using the other one as a receiver. I think you see a lot of that because if I'm Todd Munkin and I watched Clemson's linebackers, I don't feel I feel very good about my backs on their linebackers and uh, that matchup specifically. What have I left out that we need to be talking about? The only other thing would be big picture. Big picture. What does this mean? Is this game an end all be all for Georgia's season? No. No, of course not. If you, you're going to be double digit favorite likely the rest of the way. You should. You should based upon talent level and what you have there, barring you know catastrophic injury type things. You should win the East and be in a spot where. You get to play for the SEC championship and, and a spot in the playoff. However, though, for me, this game becomes ginormous from the aspect of the mulligan. If you you know you go and you win this game and you beat Clemson, and you full you know go you can have the mulligan maybe even in the regular season or go in the SEC SEC championship game twelve and zero. And I think if you're in the SEC championship game at twelve and zero, you are in pen in the playoff. And you even if you you know you lose the SEC that to A&M, to Bama, to LSU, whomever comes out of the West, as long as it's not like a two-loss team in the West, but I don't think it will be. But if you lose that game and you're sitting there at 12-1 and one, and Clemson's at 12-1 and one with an ACC championship and they've played nobody other than you right. and you beat them, yeah. 
you're in over them because I think Ohio State and Oklahoma are going to run through their conferences. Yeah, pretty and, easily. And yeah, so uh, alternatively with, with Clemson, what happens to them if they lose this game? Because like you just said, there's no ground to make up. It's not like you're playing anybody that's going to be like, oh, wow, that's a great win. No, I just I think they're just going to go wax the rest of their opponents and, and run through their schedule and, and do what they do. And then they'll just be sitting there hoping that you know, you've got a two-loss champ, a two-loss SEC champ or a you know, or Ohio State or Oklahoma trips up in a really, really bad way and, and looks looks bad doing it. And that you're, hey, you're the, hey, we're we've been in all these years. The only team we lost to was Georgia, who's in the top, who's in the playoff or in the top five. And, and you you got to put us in. More important to Clemson this game, don't you think? I think so. I, I do think so, just because of the the path for them. Because, but you know, I, I, the path gets a little murky to me for them if if they lose this game because then you have to hope because of your schedule so weak. Yeah, it just is. You got you don't play I mean, anybody. It, it just they they might be like two touchdown plus favorites the rest of the way. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's hard to take that serious, and it bothers me that. <laughs> look, I think they're a great team. I think they're a great program, but that schedule always bothers me. And until it is is at least challenging, it'll always bother me. Ah, uh, well, and what what would they say? They say ah, I can't control the rest of the ACC. Well, unfortunately, you can't. And you got for them. I think they got to hope that somebody like a Florida State. Or they got to hope Miami plays really Alabama really tough and comes up and becomes somebody else that gives them uh, a game. But interestingly enough with this game, and, and as we sort of circle back in, in the final part of this game, the over-under is an interesting one. You know, you look at the over-under right now, it's 50 and a half. That's a lot. Those of guys know things, right? The, yeah. Those guys in Vegas, and, you know, there's a reason all those buildings are out there, and they know things. But 50 and a half is the over-under right now. So you're – and Clemson is a three-point favorite. So they're looking at a – you know, 28 to, you know, 22 or 27 to 23 type victory for Clemson. So, and when you think about this game, it might be where the first team that gets the 30 is the victor because you have two dominant defensive lines going and, you know, maybe it's a where you see a lot of third and eights, third and nines. And this, the success rate there is, is not the greatest overall when you look at numbers in general, in the end, it's going to, uh, average out and, and not be you know, typically not be great and not team the team's not going to convert 60 percent of their third and eight pluses but you know it might be something where one play one special teams play is becomes a big difference because the offenses are in third and long situations constantly throughout the game so whatever team stays out of third and long i think that's going to be big obviously the turnover battle just like any other game is, is a big deal uh but in the end I, i'm looking forward to that that quarterback battle and just JT Daniels, who last year, 91.9 passing grade from a clean pocket, 89 or 82.9 passing grade and one of the highest passer ratings in the country against the Blitz. So does Georgia protect him and let him do his thing? And if so, I think I think they come out victorious. Give me your score. Hmm. By the I, numbers, I get, I, hit me with the score. It, yeah, we need the number, right? We need yeah. the actual number. I, I do think it's first team to 30 wins, and I think you see a 31-27 type game. Uh, Georgia wins 30 that by that score let's go i love it i i want to be optimistic i i i kind of agree with you on you got to get you got to get to around 30 to win it but i'm not going to curse it because i feel like it the scores i feel like i don't feel great so i'm not going to give a score because i'm i just don't want to wish that in i don't want to uh, speak that into existence so i'm going to leave my, i'm just not going to use the fan you yeah. as the fan like you and uh, you and mr hoyt that's right uh, are, are are you know the true fan uh that is is so sort of, I guess, scared to win. And that's, and maybe, you know, that's the one thing to me that this, 
just have fun with it. Right. Like this is an awesome game. Losing is not absolutely fun. awesome game. Losing is not losing fun. Isn't fun, but it's better than it's better than looking at you know. Uh, you know, ESPN and the Ocho yeah, and, and right. trying to find, hey, let's find a random dodgeball championship yeah. to watch. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. But there's nothing worse. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Like, I despise seeing Georgia lose. There's nothing more on earth that I hate than that. So I, you're right. I just, at the end of the game, I don't want to have that same feeling that I had in the the Alabama national championship versus Alabama in the national championship. Just at the last second, you just, the rugs pulled out from under you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is. Georgia sports fans have that kind of Boston Red Soxy, you know, vibe before pre 2004 for the Red Sox, you know, yeah. where it's something bad is always going to happen. That's right. It feels for me, way. you know, granted I am an alum and, you know, I pay, you know, work for the work, cover the team, but I just, I just enjoy the games. Sports in the end for me is always entertainment. And I'd rather yeah. watch and do sports and and see it all. Like tonight, you know, t- or, you know, we got uh, Tennessee playing tonight. You got yeah. Ohio State playing at Minnesota tonight. Yeah. I just, I, that's my entertainment. I, I'm going to love it no matter to, what. I'm, I can watch those games and and be like, this is a great game. I love it. Have fun, fellas. But when it's your team, it doesn't it doesn't feel the same for me. I can't enjoy it. Like, it's in my uh, butterflies. I know it sounds absurd. I know it really. I know it sounds absurd. And it's so funny. And I may have told you this before. When my, when my wife and I have been married 20 years now, when, when Laura and I first got married, she didn't understand, like, how Georgia losing would ruin my weekend. She didn't get it. Now, I've dialed it back somewhat. And she's worse than I am. Like if she, Ooh. if they lose it, like I'm like, take it easy. You're the uplifter. Yes. You're the uplifter. I'm like, now. it's all right. Let's focus on something else. Let's have a let's have a, a beverage and relax. And you know, we'll figure. We'll, we'll we're gonna make it. We're gonna be okay. And uh, well, so, 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 as a fan, here's the here's the ultimate question for, yes, for okay. you. Use the fan. Okay. Do you feel like your team can go be elite against the best and play absolutely just great football against the best teams? Because if you do, then hey, go have fun watching the game. But I don't. That's and the Georgia fan I think is not necessarily confident right now in their team playing elite against the elite competition. I didn't want to say no, but thank thank you for actually holding my hand and walking me through the answer because the answer is no. Because you've seen against Alabama, against LSU, you know, all those things recently. Every at time. some point, it's just going to happen. At, when, and, and, and when gonna, it does, you got to go enjoy it. And when and when it does. I will celebrate like nobody else. I mean, I will jump and sing and, and until my voice is gone. I will scream until I can't speak anymore. And, and that's the, the thing I want to see ultimately in this game is, all right, go coach, be an elite coach in this game. Manage the clock greatly. Yeah. Manage, play great situational football. Go for it when you should. Be aggressive when you should. Also, go hey, JT Daniels. You wanted this stage. Go be elite. Go have a you know twenty six for thirty two game with you know three hundred and fifteen yards throwing and three touchdowns. Go have that game. Mm-hmm. Adam Anderson, Nolan Smith, Trayvon Walker. You've been good. You know Adam Anderson's been elite when he's played, but against better teams, maybe not so great. Go be elite. Go have a That's two right. sack game. That's right. Go do those things and just let it go. Yeah. And, and go have fun with it. And and I think if that's what I want to see more than anything, and that's what I think. You know, from a Georgia fan perspective, that's what the 2017 team, it just, they just let it go. They and, did. And you saw some great performance and you saw elite level play you from did. players like Roquan Smith. You did. 
in certain moments from guys like Lorenzo Carter, Davin Bellamy in certain moments. Jake Fromm had moments. Terry Godwin, the catch at Terry Notre Dame, yes, had that's right. elite moments in, in big-time situations. Go do that. I'm looking Go have fun with it. Well, because the last, the last game from last year that we talked about was the, against Cincinnati. And I know there was a lot of people out, but uh, Aziz Ojolari, he had, that, he had a game like that that you're talking yes. about. But the rest of the team didn't. We struggled against Cincinnati. Yes. Yes. So I need I need a bunch of elite moments because that's what builds in, a, in an elite team is it being able to produce those. Well, on the bright side, no matter what happens, we get to talk about it on, on, on Monday. There you go. Bulldogs by the numbers. Brent Rollins, make sure you go and follow him on social media. Make sure you sign up for uh, UGASports.com. Uh, price still the same, $99 for the year? Yes, yes, Perfect. Good. I'm a subscriber. Go. The, the, if you're a Georgia fan – and you want to read about the team, Brent and, and the guys, that they do it better than anybody else. Written, they have great articles. It's impressive the amount of information you get there. Also, Pro Football Focus, they uh, they offer up the college edition of that, but uh, yep. Brent works with more those guys. More and more available well. each year. More and more available with the college grades each year. There you go. If you want to be dialed in like Brent is, and, and, he, and it, like I said, he holds my hand through it because I'm a fan, truly. I'm truly a fan. He's an expert. I'm a fan. And I think that's what makes this dynamic work so well is because he, he can he can tell us by the numbers what's happening, and I can tell you what my gut tells me, and it's usually that I want to throw up, <laughs> even in the best moments. Hey, hopefully there's some of that, all, but it's all good this weekend. Absolutely. All good this weekend. A, a couple, uh, I don't know, Jack and Cokes will probably get me, uh, you know, where I need to be mentally. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm, so I'm even keeled and I don't want to be too up. I don't want to be too down. I want to be even keeled. So I have to take the edge off some way or other. Well, it'll be fun no matter what. It it's will be a great game. It's a great atmosphere. It's absolutely, it's, it's what you want. You want your team in big time games like 100%. this and go enjoy it. There you go. Go dogs. Sick them. Dude. It's always a pleasure, man. Thank you oh. so much. Great to be back. Talk to you after the game, all right? Appreciate it. Thepodcastpark.com is your home for the fans' entire stable of original podcasts. If you're a true Atlanta sports fan, you need to stay connected to shows like Welcome to Madlanta, featuring Atlanta's rich history of sports legends. College football fans will love the Chuck Oliver Show podcast. Two hours of college football talk every day, all year. And baseball fans get to dive into Domino's archive of baseball legends on hardball. Subscribe to all these great shows and so many more anywhere you get your podcasts or stream them free 24 7 at thepodcastpark.com presented by associated credit union the warm air the sounds of baseball it's got you thinking about hitting the road and no matter where your adventures take you subaru of gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style like the 2024 subaru outback sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.